Hello, everyone. Happy Wednesday. We got that middle of the week going here. Welcome to the Event Hustler Show. My name is Liz King Caruso. And as always, very excited to be here and have these great industry conversations. Today, I get to be joined by Ryan Byrne from Buzzcast. Ryan, thank you so much for joining. Hey, thanks for having me. Good to be here. I know I was just saying the last time you and I were on StreamYard together, you had snow in the background, yeah. <laughs> there was skiing happening, <laughs> yeah. and uh, we were just talking about how it's still just snowed by you, and then it's like 90 yeah. degrees here in New York. Yeah, I've got four inches yesterday, but I'm, I'm up at uh, about 9,000 feet up in the mountains of Utah, yeah. so um, that happens occasionally in the middle of, middle of summer or middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, my gosh. Um, the weather has been crazy here, too. It's just like up and down, so... You never know. Um, but Ryan, thank you so much for joining. I wanted people to kind of get to know you. I learned about Buzzcast last year, um, towards the end of last year, and started to look at your website. I have told everyone I know that you guys have like the best intro video on your website of anyone that I've thank seen. You. So people should go check that out. Um, and I've been learning kind of about Buzzcast over the past few months, and I want other people to know about it. So um, before we get into Buzzcast and everything that you guys are doing, mm -hmm. can you just tell our listeners, and, and we do have some live watchers already, uh, a little bit about you and your background and kind sure. of what brings you to Buzzcast? Yeah, and, that, and that's a lot of that also sets up a lot about kind of what Buzzcast is as well and why why we're doing what we're doing. So uh, yeah, I come from a, a deep production background. I'm a I'm a director by trade. You know, I've I've directed movies and bazillion spots and that sort of stuff in my life. And I, I've had a production company called the Buzz Lab for the past 15 years. Uh, we produce a lot of the content and also some event stuff for a lot of the biggest tech companies in the world. So we work with. Oracle and Adobe and eBay, right. PayPal and PwC and Hulu and all, all kind of large enterprise clients like that, um, producing a big range of, of, of content and um, event related stuff for them. And so uh, I now have somebody else running that company, you know, full time. And I stepped away and hired in a, a new leader for that a couple of years ago and started to look at other ways to expand or go into new territory uh, with what we were doing. And out of that, uh, you know, I was looking at some technology that a, a my now partner has around interactive video, and we were looking at ways to uh, put that into the marketplace and the customer base that I know well. When COVID hit, and all of a sudden we looked at, you know, we had these couple pieces in front of us and said, "Oh wow, we already have most of the the, the technology and the pieces in place." to solve a problem that was obviously coming at me and everybody else, but my clients in particular were hitting me up and saying, Ryan, what do we do now um, about this? And so we quickly spun up an MVP um, starting in March of last year, and then we started doing events by uh, June, July uh, type uh, territory last year. So wow. that's kind of how it got started. And, and I think, you know, the, the main takeaway from that is really, from the very beginning, we've set out with a very specific mission, which is to, to solve the problem that production companies like my production company and other sort of high level production companies out there have. So we were trying to build the professional grade virtual event platform, the platform that large enterprise clients can use for large, often complicated events. Um, and so that was that was the, the sort of side of the market we always set out to do was to kind of solve the problem that we knew we would have and that we knew other, you know, people that are in our industry and in our position would have. So that was kind of the mission from the beginning um, was yeah. to build that sort of pro grade uh, event platform. 
So tell us about the solution. What is Buzzcast for people who may not have heard about it? Sure. Um, it, it's, you know, it's a virtual event platform, obviously. <laughs> and, uh, but it, you know, it focuses a lot on uh, a few kind of main areas, which if people watch the video, it's covered a little bit in there. Yeah. Um, but some of the big areas are, you know, things like scalability. You know, our, our system is built uh, on, on AWS serverless technology from the ground up. So it's built to be able to handle you know, we've done events with hundreds of thousands of people. It can go up to millions of people and it can scale down quite a bit from there. Um, so it's, it's built in a, in a very robust way. It's also built so that we're using, you know, redundant streams and backups and a whole bunch of other things like that in the background because we're dealing with events that, you know, can't go down. So we're not, yeah. we're not popping in a, a, a Vimeo uh, live, you know, feed into our thing. This is this is a broadcasting system that we built. Um, this is meant for you. We can stand up cable channels with this if we want to. Um, and this, the core tech under it has been used, you know, to do thousands of concerts and sporting events and that sort of thing um, in the past that we've now kind of transferred into hmm. event space. Um, and then, you know, other things like security uh, is very important to us and our clients. You know, we're dealing with things like doing the Gates Foundation's annual event or you know working with uh, you know, Anthem Blue Cross's you know, annual, um, you know, uh, investor report thing, things where, you know, they, they have to be secure and they can't go down. Right. So, you know, we're, we've built our system in a way that is harder to build, but ultimately creates it so that it's, it's much more protected um, than most systems out there would be. Um, there's some nerdy tech stuff we can talk about there if we want to, but, yeah, yeah. but essentially, you know, things like that. And then also on, on the sort of how we built the system side, it's, it's built to be very flexible. So it can be very customized. Uh, you know, we're building platforms, we're building, you know, this company's platform uh, that they're gonna use over and over again. And so they want it to look like their platform, you know, not ours. And and that needs to be more than just, you know, swapping out a logo or, or things like yeah, that. So yeah. it's built, built to be a bit more flexible in that. And it also, you know, in, in addition, we're also working with, companies where we often, you know, we, we have a team from our side that's actually working with them and working with their production partner and with their AV partner um, on the production. So it's, it's a little bit more involved of a process. It's not, not a, not a self-service do it yourself type. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's one of those things, like I think in 2020, when COVID first hit, just like you mentioned, everyone is panicked. They're starting to think about what they're going to do. And one thing I've noticed, and and my audience knows about me, I'm a very DIY person. You just kind of jump in. You're like, okay, what are we going to do? We have to figure this out. And I, I saw a lot of planners doing the same thing. Yeah, I'm sure you saw on LinkedIn, almost every mm -hmm. event planner was putting up like virtual event expert <laughs> and, yeah. and just trying to like figure it out. But I do think dramatically that has changed in the last year where people have really started to step back and say, wait, we used to always hire production companies for our in-person events. Like what, why are we not doing that now? So the larger companies that you're talking about that you're working with, a lot of our audience has those clients. Yeah. Um, but even I know for our, ourselves, like smaller clients are also thinking we need to take this more seriously if we're going to have a long-term virtual or hybrid plan. Yeah. Um, so are you seeing those trends that people are starting to think kind of more professionally about scalability and security, or do you wish more planners were thinking about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we see something. I, we've we've been seeing a lot of that from the beginning just by the nature of who we're dealing with, sure. um, you know, the type of companies we're dealing with. 
aren't gonna dive in and, and just uh, Uber's Uber's not gonna dive in and just do it themselves sort of thing. You know, yeah. they have. I mean, most of these companies have large or established uh, internal production teams, but most of the time, those production teams, just as they do in in person for anything that's a larger event, they're basically working with an external production team and kind of coordinating. And, and you know, there's enough work to go around there um, on on the creative and and all the. The, the details that we all now go into events, which are just ever changing and, yeah. and never ending. Um, and so, you know, I think from, from that regard, um, you know, we, we've been seeing what you're referring to kind of in our space from the beginning, but I do think that we're starting to see more of that um, coming to fruition, especially as we start getting back into hybrid events and things like that. Um, again, we're going to, we're going to be doing that, but I think that when you're talking about events that need to be a, a professional grade and, I need to feel like more than just, you know, we're peeking in on a Zoom call and need to be higher level production, you know, then of course we need to bring in professionals and, and there needs to be teams involved to do some of that work. Yeah, of course. And so let's just go back to like March of last year when you started seeing everything that's happening and you kind of mm -hmm. have this product sitting in front of you. You're looking at the events industry. You know, from my experience, a lot of times when that's kind of the path where they have like part of a product and then they just think like, oh, we could sell this to the events industry. Mm -hmm. It's not that targeted and it ends up being like hard to market and yep. funky for event planners to use. But I know just from what I've seen of Bug Buzzcast that that's not the case. So how did you guys go about figuring out that the events industry is where this makes the most sense to use these tools and then to, to make something that works really well? I mean, obviously there's a lot of overlap between event production and TV production and other yep. kinds of production. Um, but it's still different beasts, right? Like you're producing a show is very different yeah. than a live event that happens for three hours and is over. So what are some of those things that you guys thought about? Well, I, I you know, I think really for us, it was just purely coming out of uh, having to solve our own problem. And, yeah. uh, you know, as a production company, working with those types of clients, like we needed something different. And so it really kind of came out of that. And, you know, most of, most of the events we do are oftentimes, you know, multiple day, hundreds of sessions, thousands of people, that sort of thing. And so there are just a different set of problems you have to deal with when you're talking about that. When you're just talking about a, a single stream or hopping on like you and I are right now to talk for, you know, 30 minutes or, or, or even for three hours, whatever it may be, it, you know, th there's, it, it's kind of a, a single line yeah. you're dealing with. When you're starting to talk about events where there may be, you know, 14 different choices of, of things you can go to right now. And there may be nine different ticket types, like where, hey, this is a ticket type for the press because the press can go to the sessions, but they're not allowed to chat or they're not allowed to yeah. access the directory. Or here's a group of people that are in an advisory board meeting. Only they have access and can see that. So when you start getting into these larger groups of people and you want them all on the event at the same time, but you want them to have different experiences, that's where you start getting to more of the type of stuff that we're focused on doing. Mm -hmm. And so those were the types of problems we were setting out to solve um, from the beginning is how do you handle that in a way that doesn't feel confusing and people are just lost and don't know where to go and, and just have a bad experience. Yeah. I mean, that's always the best is when you're solving your own problem. Yeah. <laughs> you can kind of, you know, whether it's working or not. And then everyone else who has the same problems, you know, yeah. ideally it works as well for them as for anyone else. So as you're kind of, uh, 
you've done the last year of all these great events on the platform. What kind of, do you have any trends that you're seeing of things that these bigger events are thinking about as it comes to what they want to do in the future with virtual and or hybrid? Anything they're doing like yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's, it's, it's surprising to anybody that, you know, one of the main things continues to be how do we get people to connect in a real way? I mean, especially at larger events, that becomes even more important because, yeah. you know, they want to, they want to figure out how do you, how do you make it not feel like I'm just, just walking one person? How do I actually get some level of connection? And I think that's the name of the game. Um, certainly what we're focused on overall, not just in terms of what are your networking tools. I mean, that's certainly a part of it, but yeah. for us, it's also kind of what I was just talking about before. How do we, how do we help connect you to, what you need to be connected to, whether that's content, whether that's people, whatever, whatever that form that may take. Um, and so, especially for larger events, that's, I think even amplified even more, but I think that's across the board. What, uh, I, I don't think this is probably surprising for you to hear or surprising no, no. anybody to hear at this point. Yeah. Um, that engagement piece is so important. And yeah. I think a lot of people feel like it's, it's hard to do in virtual, especially because people have been kind of bombarded by, mm -hmm virtual tech for the last year. Yeah. Um, are you seeing any brands or clients that are doing interesting things to get people like engaged and connecting with each other beyond what you're talking about, where there's like a personalized experience and polling and chats and all that stuff that everyone has, you know, but anything unique that people are doing? Um, that we're seeing on ours. Um, let's see. I mean, and of course, so, I didn't prep you for any of these questions. So. Yeah, yeah. No, right, sorry. <laughs> um, I mean, sorry. one thing we see a lot of in ours is, you know, the desire of event planners to organize people into groups to say like, hey, you're going to be at this table or you're going to be in this group. We, we want to assign them to that. And so we've built some stuff so that event organizers can actually do that where they can in advance say, Hey, you're going to go into this group. We've, we're putting you with these six people because we know we want you to connect with these guys. Um, so we're seeing that a lot, especially with you know some investor or fundraising things and thing and events like that where they kind of have or internal ones where they want to set groups. So we're definitely seeing some of that. We've had to build some tools to make that an easier process, so it's not a big mess. Um, yeah. That's something we're seeing. Um, I'm trying to think of other unique things beyond like uh, beyond some of the networking stuff that you've talked about. I, I, you know, I think overall there's a long way to go for everybody. Yeah. We're all, yeah. We're at the beginning of this and we're all figuring out a lot of stuff. Um, you know, for us, it's, it's just really about how do you, how do you make that experience more streamlined for the user? How do you, how do you get them where they need to be? How do you connect them to what they need to be connected to in a, in a seamless way? Yeah. Do you have any um, kind of exciting things? I know all products are moving very fast. You've talked already mm -hmm. about kind of you're developing this and you're working on other things. Anything that's coming down the pipeline that you want to share with people yet or, you know, anything you want to kind of give people a heads up on? Uh, yes. Coming down the pipeline. I don't think I'm quite ready to sure. share yet because um, we're working on some cool stuff. You know, so, yeah, th there are some some feature type stuff that's coming out. I think, you know, what we've been spending the most amount of time on, uh, certainly since the start of this year, has really been just just a lot of non-sexy backend sure. stability, security, you know, just things to make our system bulletproof and to try to really make sure that we can be the ones that are counted on um, when, 
your event needs to not go down and you need to make sure it's high quality and solid and everything's going to go right. Um, yeah. you know, that first and foremost, at most is the most important thing to us and to the types of clients we, we depend on. So we've been doing a lot of, you know, heavy backend stuff that's going on to kind of make sure that, you know, now that we've built a lot of the system and, and the system has been up and operating for a while to make sure it's just really rock solid. And then, yeah. now, and now we're moving into, um, more of the kind of fun feature thing you know, or more of you know, what you see on the front end where you go, Ooh, that's a cool way to do that. Um, so a little bit different is sort of what our focus has been for the last bit of time We're we're not as focused on being in a, in a sort of, um, you know, sparkly feature race with yeah. everybody. Um, we're focused on sort of kind of some of the core core tools of how you do this well and how you do this at a professional level. Now you talked a little bit about the scalability security, yep. Are there things that you feel like, I mean, obviously there's a lot that you're focused on to build that kind of backend yeah. structure. On the planner side or on the, the host side, what are some of the things you're seeing that are important in regards to that? I think, for example, we did a session on cybersecurity at a recent event. And, you know, just thinking, I, I remember Brant Kruger, he said, um, you know, hackers and things, they're not looking for like the main source, they're looking for side doors and events yeah. are the side doors. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like we are the easy entry into all this mine of data. Um, what are some of the things you guys are seeing from your side that are either mistakes people are making or just things you know people should be watching for that you're trying to bulletproof your way out of? On that side of stuff, I mean, yeah, certainly, I mean, sec security is one of them. I mean, we, we rebuilt our entire system to be this can get a little nerdy, but, you know, single tenant, which basically means the vast majority of, of, of platforms of any kind, not just in this industry, are, are generally built to be multi-tenant, meaning, you know, there's, there's a core to them. And then they're spinning out this event for this person, this event for this person, but it's all kind of coming from a, a central place, right? When we do it, which is, you know, tougher to build and, and, and a little bit trickier to maintain in some ways, but when we are spinning up, say, the Gates Foundation the instance, it is their own instance of, you know, streaming and, and all and, and database and all the tools, everything is completely disconnected. Mm. There's nothing that connects back to a central base for us. Um, and in that way, we can take that. And then in certain cases that that event being a good example, you know, we then brought in another security company who wrapped that in another layer and we're doing monitoring during the event because that was obviously a very high profile. We had, you know, heads of state from all over the world and all the top doctors in the world and things like that going on. And so it just allows us to do some things like that. So there, there's, there's definitely some things there when you're talking about events where that matters um, that people need to be careful and look out for. Um, I think on other areas of, of things that I think people are needing to kind of pay attention to. Um, let's see. Uh, I think when it comes to the, the, the setup and the organization of an event, right. You're talking about sort of event planners, you know, where we focus a lot on is trying to make it so that again, you can have control over what people are seeing, what they have access to, how they flow through the event. And there's a lot of sort of, behind the scenes tech that goes into that to sort of associate certain things with certain ticket types and, and to do all that type of work. But that's something that we hear over and over again from event planners, um, especially again, as you move into larger events, because they want to have that control. They want to have the ability to 
shrink down the event for the people going to it. You know, it's you go to just one giant thing and then it's hard to find what you want to find. And you just feel like, oh, what am I? I'm just going to sit here and watch this event for eight hours a day for three days. No, thank you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, So, you know, that's that's one thing that we get. We hear over and over again from event planners is give me more ability to control uh, the journey for viewers. Yeah. So um, Teresa says, get nerdy, Ryan. <laughs> tech nerd here. Our audience is definitely very tech nerdy. So <laughs> don't worry about that. But I do think a lot of planners uh, not only should be, but are starting to really think more about that attendee journey yeah. and what that looks like. Not just getting into the platform, which is something definitely you have to think about is getting your attendees to understand what you're yeah. using, how to use it and all that stuff. But really, and, and everyone was talking about this with in-person events, the personalization of that journey, Um, you know, the welcome, having their name on it, the little details and the big details and the very complex details that make the event feel like this was meant for me. And and I do see more and more organizers who are trying to do the curated groups like you're talking about. Um, We were just talking uh, about doing an event where you kind of sign up as a cohort, you get assigned as a cohort and you have a, a different program than yep. people in a different cohort. Um, and I know people do that in all different kinds of ways, yep. but I think it makes a lot of sense to just give people a different experience. And yeah, we, we do a lot of that. Yeah, and there's, there's all, oftentimes, especially when you have different outside groups that are coming in that maybe, oh, they can access this part of the event, but the rest of this is, is our internal stuff. Like maybe we want yeah. a section where we want to allow external participants to come in, but then we also want to have our internal meeting, you know, or in some more internal. And so a lot of situations like that would come up. Another thing you just brought up there before is, you know, getting people onto the platform. I mean, that's something that I think us and everybody else spends a lot of time on yeah. and it's a tricky one, you know, because, yeah. you know, when you, when you're dealing with these types of events, we're often dealing with, you know, large banks or hospitals or, you know, education. We just did one that was, you know, 8,000, uh, elementary school children and, and their teachers from all sorts of all these school systems. And you can imagine, you know, how yeah. those types of systems shut down and block things. And so one of the things that we find is when you're, you know, when we're working with a client, we really have to have a plan. You, there really has to be some, some people involved in that process. Yeah. Put together a plan of how you're going to solve that in advance of the events. What you don't want to do is, open your event up and then all of a sudden find out that 2000 people um, have a VPN that's, you know, blocking their company from entering the event. And so we've been finding, we have to do a lot of, you know, footwork in advance to identify, Hey, are there, is there a big group of people coming from this financial institution? Oh, okay. Well, let's get somebody from that institution to go on our testing page and make sure they can actually access. And if not, then let's, let's get them whitelisted or do some of that work because, end of the day, you can't unlock it. You know, we can't, right. you gotta have somebody unlock the door from the inside. Um, if that's yeah. where it's locked from, and it's, you know, an unfortunate thing that we all have to deal with because streaming and, and video is the very first thing that any of these systems will block, um, right. especially in a work environment. So you just gotta be, in our view, you gotta be organized. And that's where some of the, the, the handholding and sort of taking people through the process has to come in place well before the event. Yeah, that's the fun work. <laughs> All the yeah. very detail. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you mentioned earlier, you know, that you're working with 
clients who they're kind of building this, this is their platform. They want everything yeah. to look really branded. Are you seeing that some of these bigger brands are doing, um, there's a lot of talk in the events industry about this 365 community or this idea that they're doing all their events on the same platform and they're using micro events to connect people between the bigger events. Yeah. Are you seeing that or is it kind of like, you know, in person where it's like the one hit a year and then they come back next year to do it again? I mean, I, I think it's, it's, it's one of these things where it's clearly probably the right way to go for some clients. I don't think it's a thing for every company sure. or, or everybody, but I think there's certainly ones where you've got an association or you've got a group or, you know, one of my oldest clients from my production company is uh, Magento, which is a, you know, open source e-commerce platform. And there's a huge community around there that kind of live and die and, and breathe Magento. And so, Certain certain situations like that, I think that is the the right way to go, and I certainly think that it'll it'll work a lot better than what we've been trying to do, which is yeah. we basically said let's let's take this in person event we had planned out, let's pick it up and slap it on a screen, and we're still going to do our four days for eight hours a day, and, and nobody wants to do that online. So I do yeah. think we have to spread these things out, have something where it's more of a tuning thing. I think it has to be the right situation. I mean, we've. We've had a lot of conversations about it. Um, it's certainly the type of thing that, you know, our, our type of platform is kind of built to do. Uh, and, you know, but I think we, we we haven't quite gotten there yet in terms of people actually executing on it. Because it, it's, it's not just the, the platform. It really comes down to an internal shift in your content strategy. Yeah. Company. They've got to really be thinking in terms of, how are we going to do that? And, and you have to get their internal events team to start shifting their um, ideas from how they were doing it into, okay, let's do a more paced out, you know, we're, we're going to essentially post or, or do these little right. moments all the time. And I think the, we got to make some of that shift. So I think it's going to have to be led by some of those teams to be willing to do that. Yeah, no, I, I think it's going to happen just because as you said, yeah. instead of four days of eight hour content, People are not going to sit through it. So yeah. you're either going to eliminate a lot of it or figure out different ways to And virtual. I mean, you don't have to fly everyone into a location. It gives you the ability to tease yeah. some content and stretch things out. We did our pivot summit last year for two weeks, but it was just two hours a day. Yeah, and exactly. you know, I always say like, we could never do that in person. Who would fly to New York to sit through two hours of content for two weeks? It would never work. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I'll be interested to see if more and more brands start kind of picking that up and, and really building this year round content strategy. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of powerful stuff that can come out of that too, because, yeah. you know, in the traditional, you know, world before all this happened, when we're, you know, we're often the ones uh, producing, all the content, like everything that goes up on a screen for a very large, like for eBay or something like that, we're producing all the product launch videos and all the, you know, here's a customer success story or here's a new yeah. announcement we're doing. Right. And, and the way it's worked in the past is they cram all that into one giant event because it's so expensive to get people out there. Yeah. So everything kind of folks, we, we end up producing 70% of the content we produce for a client for the whole year around their big annual event. And I think that, one of the things that doesn't do well is it doesn't give you end up with all these product launches and all these things all at once that don't necessarily get their due time or their due focus. And I think some of this stuff will allow us to spread some of those things out. You do an event just for a particular, say, product launch where you can pull in a whole audience of people from around the world that really care yeah. about that and are really focused on that. Whereas before it was a piece of the pie that was all slammed together and kind of hard for people to 
put, put their attention on. Yeah, no, there's huge benefits. And, you know, brand loyalty is what all these companies are looking for. And yeah. if you're in contact with them more often, you know, what's yeah. going to happen, right? 100%. 100%. Um, so what other, is there anything else about Buzzcast in particular that you want people to know or um, anything you want? Like, let's say a planner is watching right now. They're very interested in learning more. We haven't talked about like all the little nuts and bolts. So I've encouraged sure. people to go check out the video on the website. But yeah. what do you want people to know? How do you want them to contact you? And where should they go and all that good stuff? Sure. Yeah. Um, so I, I think we've talked about a lot of the big core things of, of, yeah. of what we're focused on, the type of events we do. I mean, that's that's what we do. The platform is also very robust in its feature offering. We have a, a, a pretty wide range of, of features and offerings from doing sponsor booths and doing posters and doing lounges and, and a whole bunch of things like that. So it's a pretty broad offering that you can basically turn off and turn on things for different different events. So it's very flexible in that way. Um, so it can be sort of customized quite a bit to what is contained in it. It's not just, here's the wrapper, here's what you get, and this is, this is the options you get to use. Uh, ours kind of has a larger offering that you can kind of pick and choose from. So that's an important thing. Um, in terms of uh, contacting us, uh, you can, uh, I don't know if it's, do I just say out the email? Or? We're going to put it. So, uh, yeah, how are we say it, and then we'll put it in our recaps. Yeah, I mean, you can find us on buzzcast.com, and uh, and there's a contact form there, which is probably the easiest way not to forget it. Um, or you can you can uh, reach out. We'll put some, I guess, info in here about some of the specific people on our team that you can reach yeah. out to if you want to uh, get going on a demo uh, and see some of that type of stuff. We're we're happy to show people around uh, for that and. Um, past that yeah we're just uh if, if you have a, a a larger event or a larger enterprise client that that has the type of needs that they have we're we should probably be one of your first stops yeah awesome. if you're looking for more of a self-service do-it-yourself thing um that's not really what we've uh where our focus is sure yeah no that's great to know well i wish you the best of luck i know you guys great. are working really hard behind the scenes trying to yeah, sure. improve all the time it was great chatting with you and uh hopefully continue to stay in touch awesome well thanks for having me and uh great great chatting with you and and uh everybody else listening in awesome all right everyone we will see you next week for another episode of the event hustler show if you are if you missed it live you will be able to catch us on our podcast and on our blog and in all those good social media places and we hope to see you live next week thanks everyone bye